Yeah, no, that's I must say that's that's what I love about the industry and the, the specific direction that I chose in life is that what I'm doing is it, it, in the back of your mind you you're not just fixing something you fixing an airplane and people need to be safe in the the aircraft in the air and in the ground on the ground they need to um so yeah it's a constant pressure or that realization every day that you're not just doing another job you making sure people travel and fly around safely I'm talking to Franco Blunzai today about his work as aircraft maintenance engineer. Franco, good morning. It's so lovely to meet you here on Zoom. Morning, Pietro. Um, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it. I, I hope we're going to have some meaningful conversations today. Yeah. It's so interesting. You are um, a flight um, engineer. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, that's correct. So, basically, it's in the industry, it's called an, an aircraft maintenance engineer. And then in short, we call it, we refer to as AMEs. Oh, okay. Yeah. And now tell me about this job. What what does that all entail? <clears throat> so what do you do? So Pietro, long, long story short, um, we just like you, when you would take your, your vehicle, your, your vehicle that you drive is due for a world change inspection based on the certain amount of mileage or kilometers that you've driven. Um, the same is it with aircrafts. They need to be maintained and looked after in, in certain ways. So like if you were the owner of an aircraft, you, it, it differs from aircraft to aircraft, but each aircraft, um, as, as per the, manufacturer's recommendations, a scheduled amount of hours that you are allowed to fly before it needs to be taken in for maintenance. So um, after you've flown those hours out, then you bring the aircraft in, you schedule it in for maintenance, and then uh, we basically are called, um, how can I put it, aircraft mechanics, because we do all the maintenance. So the aircraft arrives, we inspect it, Outside, um, we do the engine runs. We, how can I put it? Um, oh, sorry, let me just. So yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> we make sure that the aircraft is safe to travel in and safe to fly with. Once you bring it in, well, and you take it. You're talking about you. You're comparing it with a car, but I'm sure a, an aircraft is much more complicated. The the whole um all the mechanics that you that you have to check um for for an aircraft no definitely definitely is that's why i said um long long story short <laughs> that's basically what we do but it's a, a lot more in depth than um people actually know about it's actually in a side of aviation that the people the outside people don't know a lot about and how much effort and and problem solving and logistics goes into planning and getting the aircraft back in the air as quickly as possible, but also when it is safe and airworthy. So, and yeah. yeah, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to speak to you as well, because uh, I think it is true that aviation is very much a bit mysterious to us because we 
get to the airport and we see certain things, you know, you use uh, that you have to do and but you never see the behind the scenes things and we are uh, always so quick to to be disappointed when the you know when there's a delay or when when you're stuck on the airplane and it it cannot fly or something like that and yet you guys are doing everything behind the scenes to make sure that that our safety is paramount yeah no, that's that's correct so um Petra, if if with regards to that, there's so many different um, areas of of aircraft maintenance. So for the commercial maintenance, like that you're mentioning, when you sit on the airplane, you're ready to depart, you're going overseas, flying abroad, and then all of a sudden, pilot announces, "Ladies and gentlemen, passengers, uh, sorry for the delay, slight maintenance issues." And then, so those those guys on the ground, that's that's called line maintenance. So when it's on the flight line, that's mostly in commercial aviation, um, maintenance engineering. Then where I work is in um, general aviation. Smaller, smaller aircrafts, but not that small. Um, and mostly these aircrafts are used for personal, personal use. Owner fly around, flies around, does what he needs to, travels everywhere, or um, charter. Charter is also a big. Oh, okay. A big industry at this stage, always been, but especially in South Africa, mm-hmm. the chartering um, industry with regards to aviation is big. So, yeah. so you have to, so you have to know every single aspect of the aircraft. You have to know every screw, every. I don't know what the terminology is, but but you have to know everything that's uh-huh. inside the engine as well. Uh, to to a certain extent, yes, because um, that's also why there's um, documents that's called maintenance manuals, maintenance manuals which the manufacturers um, draw up when, well, in the process of when they um, plan to produce a new airplane, these maintenance manuals get drawn up with hourly intervals, everything they need to know, how everything system works is laid out in the maintenance manual, top to bottom. In the maintenance manual, you get the procedures. So that's how we carry out the work is in accordance with a certain maintenance manual. And the maintenance manual has revisions as well. So um, the manufacturer itself, after there's changes or the new aircraft comes out and they realize, okay, this system um, needs fault finding more often then it's a new revision. Then you have to, when you do your documents or you sign up the aircraft, then um, from there on, you have to say in accordance with the newest revision. So that's also, the, the and one of the biggest things as well to this is not just the physical work, it's the paperwork as well. A huge amount of paperwork with regards to doing it the correct way. So, well, I yes. can, and I can along imagine- with like, Sorry, along like with with your question, knowing each bolt and nut and all that, you get with a maintenance manual get the something that's called the IPC index parts catalog. So it works very fluently um, on the on PC or iPad or whatever system you're using. So you go to you get 88 chapters. So mm-hmm. for example, 88 chapter 32 is landing gear. 
And that's that's standard all over the world. So if somebody talks about ATA Chapter 32, everybody knows, okay, 32 is landing there. So you'd go to the index part catalog and you go look and it has figures, um, it figures an explosive view of a specific area or component. So you get under a ATA chapter, you get a drop a drop down list of items that um, are um, related to the landing gear. So then you get nose, um, main gear, wheels and brakes, etc. You can go there, drop down the list, look at the figure. Okay, that's the area I'm working on. This is where I need to replace a corroded screw, for example, or, or a bolt oh, or okay. a um, an actuator, and then from there on. So, yes, but um, aside to answer your, your question of knowing about everything, that's where the, the physical um, experience comes in, the hands-on working in the industry for quite some time. Yeah, and I think it's also a great responsibility because if you it's it's and that's probably why you have to do all those paperwork because you are responsible then when something goes wrong mm, and you had to check it yeah no that's i must say that's that's what i love about the industry and the, the specific direction that i chose in life is that what i'm doing is it in the back of your mind, you, you're not just fixing something, you, you're fixing an airplane and people need to be safe in the, the aircraft, in the air and in the on the ground. They need to, um, so yeah, it's a constant pressure or that realization every day that you're not just doing another job, you making sure people travel and fly around safely. And you are, um, uh, but the, the safety aspect of it is that something additional that you have to learn, or is this part of your job? So, um, with regards to that, and going from a, where a person just into, or if a person needs to or wants to become a aircraft maintenance engineer, you there's specific requirements, um, specific courses, tests, and also um, time frames which you have to adhere to. Then that's also obviously stated. It's different in, um, in different countries. For in, in South Africa, for example, you get um, South African Civil Aviation Authority, CAA. Then in other countries, you get FAA, which is Federal Aviation Authority. So um, based on the laws, you have to do certain courses. So with regards to the safety, you get a course called, for example, human factors. Now, human factors has to do with all the, the human errors that can occur or happen when, for example, you um, going to work on a Monday or Tuesday and you had three hours of sleep. That's human factors. That okay. also, so yeah, so all of that, um, Adds on to the safety. So, and, yes. <laughs> yeah. And then you said there's a certain amount of hours. So you, are you also tested frequently? I mean, do you also have to um, do upgrading tests and things like that um, on a regular basis? Um, yes. 
And also, no, by yes, meaning it, it depends from company to company, but most of the, the majority of companies require or just out of um, out of the avia civil aviation authority requirements, it's required that people do either familiarization courses on the specific aircraft or engine you work on and on a yearly or two-year basis. So that's how you keep keep um, up with the newest safety requirements as well. But now uh, it fascinates me also to think why specifically did you want to um, do this in aviation? Uh, because you're obviously very interested in the mechanical side of things. So why why in aviation? Yes, Petra. Um, and so the story is, uh, about four or five years ago, when I finished school, um, I had no clue what I wanted to do at all. And my, my dad used to work at a small helicopter company that manages helicopters and so on around here. And from there on, I didn't really know much of, well, he got that job about a year before I finished school. So he was also just helping out because he lost his previous job. So he got another job there. And he used to bring home the magazines like um, African Pilot or um, Aviation National magazines. And then I started reading through them and it, it, it got my interest. And from there on, we started doing research on how I can maybe get into the aviation industry. My dad actually asked the people he was working with, working mm -hmm. for, can, can my son maybe come and just help out a bit hands on trying just just to see if he maybe likes us or while he's trying to figure out what he wants to do in life and then they came back to him and according to law in southern africa you can't just have any random stranger working on um on the aircraft because okay. the company he was working for didn't do the maintenance specifically mm -hmm. so you get an an AMO, which is Aircraft Maintenance Organization, have to be registered with our um, civil, aviation, civil Aviation Authority. And through that, the guys at work said to him, but you can, your son can this course that you can do for this industry. So from there on, um, we did some research, phoned around, asked around, and I started, my, my, well, basically my parents asked me, are you going to, go for this do you want to try this and i said well if i don't try i don't know so yeah and um at that point i didn't really know what i want to do so i said let's do it so i did the course 10 month course um of basic training and it's basically how can i put it 10 months of school of theory and a okay. two months practical then mm -hmm. did that course the practical and then after that you can apply for um at any company to do your apprenticeship, apprenticeship training. And as I went along, there nothing actually like stopped me, or I never stopped and thought, okay, well, I'm not enjoying them, not enjoying this at all. Mm -hmm. So every day has been a learning process for me. And from there on, fast forward four, five years later, I'm still in the industry and I'm loving what I'm doing. Amazing. So, so it just, yeah, so it, 
it just came on your way and you you decided to do that but do you have to, yes you know, do you have have you had an interest in engineering because you must have some um some sort of interest in in working with your hands or, or this practical type of thing have you always yes, been no, like definitely definitely as ever since i was a, a small kid um mm -hmm. with toy cars and stuff i used to take them apart and try and really? figure out how it works or how this system powers of this system while a small remote control car i used to try and see if i can maybe put extra batteries in it to make it go faster and all of that ever since yeah. so um yes i so this I is absolutely yeah. <laughs> yeah this is your <laughs> thing <laughs> Yeah, they they um I've read a book once where where the the guy said that if you find your flow, you know, if you find that thing where you that you enjoy and it it's just you just want to know more and you want to get into that, then it's then it's your thing. And so it it seems to be that this is yours. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Um when you um go through all week of work and it doesn't feel like work or suffering or putting in too much effort or going to work and being like most most eight to five working people if they don't enjoy what they're doing when it comes to sunday afternoon sunday evening they start already start thinking oh tomorrow's monday again oh goodness mm -hmm. so for me for me my job in the aviation industry has become a a lifestyle it's basically if i can put it that way it's it's a it feels like i'm acting out a hobby of mine yeah. but every day amazing that's mm -hmm. amazing but now it's um so what is the the next for you is it is it something that you can so because you were talking about um bigger airlines so is that something that you can work towards? Um, I think it depends from, of, well, it differs from individuals, what, mm. what and where you want to go, the type of work you want to do. So the, the commercial aviation industry is all the different um, okay. game, all different game that you're going to play or be working with. Um, and like I said, it depends from person to person what you're looking for. Um, for me, I'd say because it's now been five years and I'm now reaching a, a point in my life where I'm, I as an individual can um, have more responsibility of signing out the aircraft based on all my um, examinations that I passed a couple of months and all that. So I'm reaching a point where I've got more control and more responsibility and that's what i aim for that's what i'm specifically aiming for is to to be a in control of people but in a meaningful way being a, a, a uplifting leader and delegating and looking after the people that work with you so for mm -hmm. me it's mm. for me the more responsibility i have the, the happier i am <laughs> that's amazing I'm wonderful that you that you see also the leadership that way. No, it is. Um, yeah. It definitely for me as as a individual, I'm very. Um, how can I put it? I'm very 
driven to be a positive and uplifting leader and have an influence and build into people's lives, whoever I'm working with, so that one day when the, the, the bigger picture, the bigger plan, one day to be my own business owner is to have people looking up to me, not as a, a boss, a scary boss or, or CEO or director, whoever that, um, they can't tell him, uh, sorry, I've, I've, maybe I've broken this or I've damaged this or, but someone they can look up to and be comfortable coming to have a discussion with me. So, yes. Amazing. But now in, um, in your job also, do you, it, it must be wonderful to work also. Do you have communication with, say, for instance, the pilots who fly these planes? Yes. Um, this and in, in my side of aviation, the, the general aviation industry where I'm working at um, compared to commercial is, is a lot more people, uh, communication and direct contact with mm -hmm. the pilot. So, for example, what will happen uh, um, on a daily basis for me is the pilot will, the aircraft's due for its maintenance. So the pilot slots it in for the, the books it off at the charter company or wherever and the pilot brings the airplane, we go up to the airplane, greet the pilot, and speak to him about any snags or defects or issues that he experienced while flying the aircraft, anything with a gear, from, from landing gear to engine to electronics to avia avionics equipment. So yes, um, we deal with, I deal with the pilots, we deal with the manufacturer, Itself for when you want to, when we don't know when a specific snag or issue is a bit out of our hands, we've done what we can from our side, done the research, went through the maintenance manual, then we can contact technical support. And from there on, um, we solve the problem. So, well, Franco, you you have such a great outlook on things, and and I can just imagine you are also good in communicating like that. And um, I, yeah, it's wonderful to hear your story. It's wonderful to hear about this job because it's it's really it is something that we don't know much about. And um, it's thank you so much for for sharing this all with me. It's a pleasure, Petra. Anytime, yes. Um, it it is like you said, uh, an unknown area, unknown to the the public of how much effort and time and also problem solving goes into the the maintenance side. Yeah. So, yes. I'm just I'm just thinking if um if somebody if you know if somebody wants to become um a flight engineer what what would your recommendation be oh, what would you uh, say to no. a young guy who wants to now say hey i'm going to give it a go i would i would recommend that um if, if you're looking at going into the maintenance side of aviation that you start by maybe or well from a, as a matter of fact anything that you want to do a dream you want to chase or if you don't really know what entails or what actually happens in the specific uh, job that you're going to do i would say start maybe by 
job shadowing, job shadowing okay. at a company. So if you're still in school, you got a, you got it's um, school holidays, and you, you know someone or you can contact someone that is in the industry and follow them around for a day or two or maybe a week even, mm-hmm. see what they do, um, experience, try and help where you can, assist, and from there on, I would say then it's up to you to make the decision if you like it because i mean you have to go on that gut feeling of what you like and not what other people want you to become you have to try and find out what your passion is and what you like to do Mm -hmm. yes um job shading would be the first the first one to do and experience hands-on at a place that does the work or does maintenance experience it from there on it depends which country you're from. You have to just then do some research on what where you, where you need to start. It's most of the places you need to start with a training program or um, other countries. You can even go to some some aircraft manufacturers have a apprenticeship training program where you can enroll and enlist, mm. almost like going to university, but. You then go instead of doing university, you you go through this training organization, and you learn the ins and outs because you first need to understand what's going on, understand how a uh, airplane stays in the air, how the engine works, um, not just that the the physics of, um, for example, Newton's laws, Newton Newton's laws of physics plays a big role in lift of an aircraft and propulsive forces and action reaction all of that so yes hmm. so you have to have some interest in science yes i, I would say you have to know the physics of it you yeah. have to be a, a, a person that when you when you see a, a figure or a in a, in a handbook or a notebook mm-hmm. uh, the lab of, for example, an engine. And when they talk about the forces that act on the internal compressor blades going onto the turbine blades and from there on the burner and diffuser section, you have to, how can I put it, snap what's going on there. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly I won't be able to do that job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But Franco, have a wonderful day. Just tell me, where are you based in Johannesburg or Cape Town? Um, in Johannesburg. Well, I, Johannesburg, I work in the Johannesburg area, but I live in okay. Pretoria. It's also close to Johannesburg, so that's yeah. where I'm based. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing! Well, have a wonderful um, weekend, and and thank you so much for your time, uh, for talking to me, and really all the best. Um, with your future, I follow you on LinkedIn, so I I will see what's what's up with you and uh, how things are because I see you post also. Thanks, Petra. Yes, I appreciate your time, and um, yes, I I do post often. I try and okay. I try and great. use LinkedIn LinkedIn as a way of it. Basically, for me, LinkedIn is a form of um advertising yourself and who you are what you do to the world what you do in the world so yes and i think it's great this is how i found you so that is that's great that you did that perfect (laughs) it's lovely it's 
very inspirational how you got to do this job and then so thank you so much and uh, thank you Peter. yeah okay i'm franco have a nice have day a, thank you you too thank you bye bye, -bye.